think consumer insights are more important than ever before because again the world is changing so fast and um you you really can never rest on your laurels or what you believe uh the conventional wisdom is to be true you constantly have to be asking and, and really assuming nothing this is the safari The Safari is a tour around the consumer, brand, and retailing industry. And we have the great privilege here at my company, Traub, to really be exposed to many of the great minds of the industry who are forming and shaping the future of many different parts of the consumer, brand, and retail world. And I felt it was quite interesting for us to be able to not only learn from all of those people as we do every day, but uh, memorialize it into a podcast, which could then be shared with many of our friends and clients and, and you, obviously, the listener. Welcome back, everybody, to the Safari. We've had a bit of a break over the summer, and it's great to be back really wandering around the consumer retail industry to bring you the best minds and the greatest thinkers and companies that are out there today uh, through the lens of of Traub and all the things that we do. So today I have the great privilege of speaking to Matt Britton, uh, who is the CEO of Suzy. Suzy, for those of you who don't know who Suzy is, I love to ask questions to Suzy. And Suzy is an insights company, a consumer insights business that I've actually known uh, in a different form for many years. Um, and ultimately, what I find wonderful about consumer insights, and I always have, is that you're able to truly tap into a customer-centric vein that ultimately I think retail and brand land hasn't always done uh, for the last uh, however many decades. And today, it's it's really been something that has been brought to bear uh, by direct-to-consumer brands have really rubbed off on the incumbents and understanding the consumer is vital. And I would say today in, in, in post-COVID, or maybe we're still in COVID times, but nonetheless post-COVID, understanding the shifts in what the consumer is thinking has never been more important. So um, I, I can't wait to have this conversation with Matt. Let's get started. Matt, thank you so much for joining me on the safari. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. So um, as I referenced in our introduction, Consumer Insights is something that uh, we could probably spend a few hours talking about. I know I can. I'm sure you can for that matter. But give us a little bit of um, background around how you got into the position you're in. Tell us about Susie. And, um, and give, it, give us some background, and then we'll jump into some of the specifics later. Okay. I mean, it's a pretty long, drawn-out story, so I'll, I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version, so to speak. Um, but I started an marketing services business way back in 2002 called Mr. Youth. And the purpose of Mr. Youth was to help major brands target teens and college students through this exciting new invention called the Internet that had really taken hold. Um, you know, the Internet believe it or not, as recently as um, the early 2000s was still kind of a new phenomenon. And brands were really still trying to figure out 
how to use it to target young people and, and consumers of all ages uh, beyond just banner ads, which were really the first way that uh, companies targeted consumers over the internet. And uh, we had started to do things very early on, like build influencer networks. And uh, we're one of the first companies ever to do social media activations, et cetera. And we had built a piece of software um, around 2007 to really help manage and measure our college student ambassadors and influencers who we had hired on behalf of brands. And that software is called CrowdTap. And what started to happen was a bunch of um, agencies and publishers start to call us and ask if they can license CrowdTap to manage their own influencer networks and blogger networks and things of that nature, which are still pretty nascent early on. So we decided to spin out CrowdTap into its own company. Um, and CrowdTap kind of acted as a standalone entity. I would go on and sell the agency and then was asked to join back as CEO um, in 2016. And when I joined CrowdTap as CEO in 2016, the world had changed. The influencer marketing space had changed. And I thought that we really needed to sort of reinvent the business uh, based upon you know, the lens of the current landscape. And it so turned out that a lot of our clients were using our, the CrowdTap software platform, not so much anymore for influencer marketing or activation, but to use the then million plus consumers that had signed up to be members of the CrowdTap platform to derive real-time consumer insights. In other words, to use CrowdTap to ask consumers what they were thinking and feeling at any given time. And the light bulb went off in my head based upon where the world was headed, that maybe that was a new direction to take the CrowdTap business. So we decided to rebrand it as Suzy. Um, 2017 was a year of transition um, in terms of just really um, reinventing the, the um, kind of business model and the, the organizational design of the company that I was running. And in 2018, we launched Suzy. And the purpose of Suzy is to really help businesses of all sizes be able to be consumer-centric by generating on-demand, real-time consumer feedback using the Suzy software tool. And it's really been an amazing ride ever since we've launched Suzy. Uh, in 2018, we now have over 250 enterprise customers and uh, the sky's the limit for what the business can accomplish. So if you are a big brand and you need to understand the, the stream, the flow of collective subconscious of the consumer, um, t talk a little bit about the specifics about how Susie works. What I love about the platform is I often joked, I mean, I've, I think I've known you for six or seven years now, um, and full disclosure, you know, you're, we're a client of yours. We work with you in many different areas of our business. Um, but what I love about it is I, I sometimes think if I, could, if I could yell into the void and ask a question and the void would be able to answer back, um, Susie is that. And so explain a little bit the specifics of how one can yell into the void and hear something come back to you. Sure. So Susie has two components to it. Uh, we have our CrowdTap consumer network. So that's a network of over a million US consumers that live on a gamified mobile application, both on iOS and Android. And those consumers are essentially rewarded for answering questions that are anonymized from Susie's clients. So they log on at any time, they see a string of questions uh, and in a very quick and easy way, they can answer those questions and earn rewards for things like Spotify or Amazon gift cards. The front end of Suzy, uh, of the platform is called Suzy and Suzy is an enterprise software platform that our customers license. Uh, when customers license Suzy, they get access to a dashboard. And on that dashboard, uh, there is the ability for our clients to ask questions in a variety of different formats to the consumers that matter. 
So you can target, you know, moms that are aged 28 to 38 that live in the Midwest. Um, and then you could ask those moms if they like, um, you know, hip hop. And then you can actually go back to those people who say yes and ask them what type of hip hop or what they think about a brand. So you can continually not only just target consumers, but retarget them. All the answers for the questions that you've asked get sort of aggregated on this platform as well. So you can go back um, to the answers that you got and splice and dice the data and visualize it in a variety of different ways really to allow you to continue to grow on your knowledge of whatever consumer you're trying to target or maybe thinking about targeting in the future. And are you allowed to disclose um, some of the names of the companies that you work with and if not sort of thematically who they are and, and how they use you? Yeah, I mean, we work with companies like Kraft Heinz, um, Unilever, uh, Microsoft, Johnson & Johnson, Citibank, really big um, brands. And we also work with some smaller companies and startups as well. And we are really used across the product development lifecycle. So what that means is companies will use Suzy when they're thinking about a new product. You know, would consumers be interested in a new product? To pricing, how much would consumers pay? To packaging, to what to name a product, to how to sell and merchandise it, all the way through to what should the advertising look like and testing ads before they're rolled out. So really, you know, step A to Z from conceiving of and launching a product all the way through the selling it and then getting feedback from, cons from consumers that are using it. Susie's used to really make sure that brands are making no assumptions. Uh, you know, that's really sort of our motto is make, uh, you know, make no assumptions because so many companies are making decisions based upon gut instincts or guesses or really myopic decisions. And that's where they get into trouble, right? Especially now when the world is changing so fast uh, that you can throw out all kind of traditional conventions or notions of what you think of the consumer. You really always need to be asking um, and not assuming so you can make sure that your idea is going to resonate with whoever you're going after. Yeah. And can you talk about some examples that are specific and obviously take the name off of the company, but it's really interesting to maybe um, learn a specific question that was asked, even if it was multiple choice or open-ended. So, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant tragically passed away and um, there was, a, and that happened right before the Super Bowl. And there was a brand that was thinking about doing an ad campaign they thought may have been looked at the wrong way in light of Kobe's passing. And they essentially asked consumers and actually ran a, uh, a you know, a, a sample a snippet of the, of the spot they were going to run and asked consumers if they thought that this was going to turn them off. And based upon that feedback, actually made the decision whether or not to run that TV spot. Mm. So that's actually as big as it gets, right? The Super Bowl is the most watched live program every single year in America. And brands spend anywhere between 4 to $7 million on a TV spot. Big, big decision. They didn't have time to use traditional research methods because the Super Bowl wasn't changing its date of kickoff, right? So they actually had to work very quickly. And based upon the information they gleaned uh, from Susie, made the decision of whether or not to run the spot. I'm not going to say whether or not they did or not, because I guess that would help <laughs> give away um, who the company was. Um, so there are other companies like... Um, a TV network that might be pitching a promotional concept to an advertiser. And what they will do is they will ask viewers of that TV show um, if they would respond well to um, you know, this promotional integration from a certain advertiser and then use that data to basically validate the concept when they're pitching it to an advertiser. So we call that sales enablement. 
So that's actually used a lot. Um, we had a consumer packaged goods company that was launching um, an extension for a very popular brand um, and ask, and it was kind of a wacky idea and asked consumers um, if they would actually be interested in trying it. And they heard loud and clear that they thought the idea was awful. So they actually killed the product before it actually went into development. Um, so uh, we have uh, some brands that are trying to use Suzy to really respond to cultural moments. I mean, the world is moving so fast right now. So when all the civil unrest was happening, brands felt that they needed to respond. But obviously, that's a very sort of tenuous position to put brands in because it, they can very easily off-put um, you know, consumers, especially in the polarized world that we live in right no now. Question, yeah. And so in very real time, you know, within hours of when a brand was going to post a piece of content that could have major implications, they tested that piece of content with consumers before they decided to post it on social media. So there's really limitless use cases in terms of uh, why brands would need Suzy and why they need to continue to use it moving forward. Yeah, six or seven years ago, I remember we were using the platform uh, quite actively, actually. And then we had a big retailer meeting for one of our brands and there was a sense that that retailer didn't believe the story we were telling or wanted to tell. And we needed to, and I would say in 24 hours, I think, the, we, we actually conducted the study the morning before the meeting. So it was it was it was 24 hours before the meeting, and we got I think five or six hundred respondents to multiple choice questions that we had, which we used the next day in a meeting to prove to that retailer, look guys, your consumers are saying this. It's not us. Don't blame us. It's it's the customer talking. And I'm sure you you see that a lot before retailer meetings potentially. Yeah, I mean, so many we work with so many food and beverage companies, CPGs, and they'll fly down to bed. And bill and meet with Walmart. And before they do so, or even on the way when people were flying a lot, uh, they would actually ask Walmart shoppers of a certain category how they would feel about an end cap display um, or a certain promotional message. And then when they would talk to the merchant at Walmart, they would validate their concept with quantitative and really qualitative feedback of what consumers are saying in those meetings. Um, we've pushed more towards a qualitative angle. We recently launched an extension to Suzy called Suzy Live, where our customers can actually have one-on-one -on -one live discussions with members um, of our panel to really go much deeper. So you could start asking questions, uncover something, and then based upon maybe a, a particular answer one of our panel members will give, really um, schedule, they have them hop on a, a Zoom call and, and dig deeper with a transcribed live conversation. So we're really trying to attack all angles and really disintermediate the market research pro process. Because when you think about it, market research and the notion of gleaning consumer insights is really just a function of connecting the asker and the tellers, right? I'm asking a certain group of people a question. They become the tellers. I aggregate their answers in a way that allows me to make a decision. That's really all market research is. And obviously, it takes place in many different forms. The fact is, though, that the market research industry is filled with sleepy um, you know, legacy incumbents that really don't have technology, that haven't embraced the notion of, of speed or really going completely mobile. And because of that, they're not really servicing the industry well enough in a world where companies can't wait 30 or 60 days to make a decision. And they yeah. don't want to go through a 100-page deck. They need to know now so they can make decisions, so they can really adapt at the speed of culture. And that's really what Suzy enables companies to do. Yeah, but you, you speak about the askers and the tellers. I mean, of course, every consumer wishes they could tell everything they wanted to tell to the brands that they love. Um, but the askers is a different proposition. I mean, there are many companies, especially incumbent businesses, I believe, that are 
uh, they they sit on their laurels a little bit, and you know you know at, we use you at, at Signature Brands, which is one of our portfolio companies, where I think pound for pound we have one of the best marketing teams in the industry, um, led by Patsy Fox and and our head of innovation, uh, Lauren has really sorry uh, insights not innovation um, has really used you guys to be able to in in lightning speed pivot the whole company. Um, that between the two of them, they have literally used insights used prior to actually using um, to using Susie, obviously doing more traditional um, focus groups, but now on a continual basis, being able to test products, being able to test the way the world uh, moves uh, in, in testing the cultural zeitgeist, let alone packaging. Right? What, what's happening out in the world? So, do you find that? There are legacy businesses that are still not understanding the importance of consumer insights even today. Well, I wouldn't say they don't understand the importance of consumer insights, but the way they're trying to uncover those are ways that are dated. And I think every industry has to go through a transformation um, with the rise of digital and cloud computing and and software. And I think just like it, it's really a a strong analogy to my old agency. We were one of the first agencies to push social media marketing. And I can't tell you how many brands laughed at me when I told them to get on Facebook uh, back in 2008, 2009, because they were so focused on buying TV ads. Um, and they were holding on because that's what they knew. And a lot of times, um, you know, decision makers in large organizations, they their whole job is just not to get fired in their mind. Uh, it's like people say you never got fired for hiring IBM, right? So TV, running TV spots and advertising is like hiring IBM. Hiring one of the old sleepy incumbents in market research is like hiring IBM, right? So using Suzy is a risk because it's new and it's a new way of doing things. And it, you know, whenever people don't understand something, they fear it. But you know, we're getting there. It's 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 you know, phone call by phone call, Zoom by Zoom. We're we're convincing the industry that there's a different way to get what you want to get done. And we think Suzy is a, is a great way to accomplish that. We'll be right back. I want to take a second to explain to you why Traub is able to bring you the safari. We pride ourselves in being at the very center of a very global, very complicated consumer and retail landscape. And in our travels, as we help think, manage, and expand businesses, in many different channels and geographies, we're able to meet and learn from some of the great minds in this industry, and it's really wonderful to be able to bring them to you. And in doing so, I hope that you, the listener, will be able to learn a little bit more about what we do at Traub as well. Back to the safari. And so is there a theme? I mean, do you do a sort of a Susie report at the end of the year to sort of put out some some threads that you guys uh, see as uh, coming about? I mean, is there anything post-COVID or in, during COVID that is a, a theme that the consumer can talk to us? Give us some nuggets that come out of your system over the last six months. So, I mean, well, I mean, we don't wait till the end of the year. Since the, the beginning of this pandemic in March, we've hosted about 25 webinars for the public. Um, you know, we don't charge for them where we will run, uh, really deep, intensive research reports on anything from, uh, the future of New York city to the future of the home to, um, you know, the rise in e-commerce to, uh, you know, the, the changing habits in, um, food and beverage and grocery delivery, and actually publish those reports, uh, in the form of a live webinar. Uh, I've personally hosted and run many of them with special guests that we will bring on. Um, and 
basically unveil our macro learnings for the world to see. Um, and we will continue to do that. So if you go on our website um, and you go to our blog, you can actually stay at website, Susie.com. You'll see a ton of um, podcasts that we've already, um, you know, executed on. You can actually go see the the recording of them and they're, they're incredibly insightful. What are some of the insights from cities in New York city? You referenced that a second ago. Um, you know, when we did the, the New York City podcast, I, <laughs> it was in the I, middle I, of a hellhole. Well, no, it was actually about six weeks ago. And I think that that's something we probably want to do again, because now, we, you know, we're post Labor Day and schools are back in session. Now, obviously, most of them aren't in person, but it still forced many more people to come back into New York, where when we when we first ran the webinar, it was in July, where it was more of a ghost town. I think what we've learned is from our from our previous research is that younger people still say being in cities is incredibly important. They find it the central thread to their social vitality and to actually be able to meet people and have experiences. And they have no interest in moving out to the suburbs or the countryside. However, the the rising costs have made New York City and San Francisco and Seattle and other areas pretty much unaffordable. So we are hearing from a lot of young people that they are looking at secondary and tertiary cities, whether it be Austin or Nashville, um, you know, places that were already up and coming before this, I think you're going to see a huge boom. But I think personally, all the calls for the death of New York City is kind of laughable. I agree um, with I, that. It's one of the great cities in the world. And um, I think that it's going to rise, but obviously there's a lot of challenges ahead until we get there. And I think that was a theme that came out from that research. From some of the work that we've done during this period, there have been three main winners in the CP in consumer products. You know, one was obviously personal care, le- yeah. led by hand sanitizers, but everything to do with with personal cleaning care. products. You exactly, name it. and then there was obviously the um, the athletic and uh, athleisure area, and then the other one was really hair care. I mean, still personal care related. But it was its own thing, whereby root concealing and not going to the um, hair salon uh, really caused this sort of uh, part of the business to explode. Are there any other, or maybe you can build on those three themes, or are there other areas that you guys really were interested in seeing pop up? Sure. So, I mean, I think you touched on, I mean, DIY has been a huge, uh, you know, has seen a huge surge of interest, meaning that whether it's, um, you know, grooming your dog or doing your hair or fixing your car, um, you know, home repairs, so many type of uh, services that consumers would lean in and outsource to prior to the pandemic. uh, Now they've been, many of this have left to their own devices to figure it out. And they've used tools like YouTube to watch how-to videos and purchase products products like hair coloring products, as you mentioned, um, Eva Longoria actually did a great spot uh, for L'Oreal where she basically, you know, a Hollywood A-lister is doing coloring her own hair in her home and she filmed it on her iPhone. And I thought that was really a great way to sort of encapsulate the consumer trends we're seeing in terms of them, you know, trying to figure out how to do it on, the, on their own instead of going to the salon. Obviously, fitness has seen a huge transformation. Uh, consumers are not going to the gyms. We've seen that reflected in the you know incredible run-up of, of a company like um, Peloton. And now we recently, uh, this past week, saw Apple launch a whole new uh, range of um, in-home and, and, you know, and fitness-related uh, products and services for consumers to really reflect the fact that they think this is a long-term trend. Um, I actually think the industry that's seen the most amount of 
transfer transformation opportunity has been the food and beverage space. Um, obviously, it's come at the cost of the hospitality and, and restaurant industries, but so many more consumers have adopted um, cooking at home, making their own food. At one point, uh, bread making machines in March were up over 700%. Um, and really what we're seeing is the shift of a 50-year trend where from the 1960s um, to until recently, um, we saw a shift from in the 60s, 75% of home uh, food was either at home and only 25% was either away from home. And then that completely flipped um, leading into the pandemic. And now we're seeing a reversal of the trend, kind of harkening back to the 60s where people are you know, eating at home and they're making cooking at home with the family sort of a ritual. And that's creating a ton of opportunities for grocery delivery services, alcohol delivery services like uh, Drizzly um, to you know food and beverage companies like uh, Kraft Heinz and Mondelez that are really taking advantage of this. So I think that's been one of the largest shifts to come out of this. So how does one use Suzy to be able to, you know, tap the vein of what's happening? Or We talked about what's happening, but what about what's coming? Can one ask forward-looking questions and are they are we able to get some form of accuracy? For example, you know, is, is hand sanitizer here for the next five years or is it here for the next two years? I mean, how, how do you get a sense of where things are going and how do you tailor Susie to your, to that purpose? Sure. So one way is really to start benchmarking and establishing some norms uh, on a category by category basis. Uh, one of the great things about Susie that we offer that other companies don't is the ability to go back to the same exact people in sort of online market research over and over again. So most of our competitors do not have their own first party panel. And because of that, it's incredibly hard to go back to the same person over and over again, because you it's hard to identify that person because they're not registered with your platform. Since we have our own first party panel, you can create cohorts of consumer consumers and actually ask them over time if their habits are shifting in terms of buying hand sanitizer. Um, so I'd want to know in that category, has hand sanitizer purchases leveled off or even dropped off since March? or actually has it stayed continual and then start to ask consumers what they feel they're going to do in the future. So we could ask consumers three months ago, um, do you think that you're going to uh, purchase more or less hand sanitizer three months from now? And then today we could have actually see if it's true. And then we could do, ask them the same thing three months future. And you could start to correlate uh, what people say they're going to do to what people actually ended up doing. And, and once you start to build um, sort of that data rigor, it can actually allow you to be predictive into the future and build that sort of crystal ball, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it reminds me of, I think it was the CEO of, of Mars who said, uh, you know, our, our customers say they don't want to eat chocolate, but what they do is very different. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, and that's like, you know, and, and that's just true with all market research. You know, there is consumers, there is the consumer that says they're going to do something and there's a consumer that actually does something and often they're not the same thing. Um, I think what Susie allows you to do regardless is really understand the why behind the what. Mm -hmm. so, so if we know more and more consumers as a fact are doing more in-home exercising, we can identify those consumers that are doing that and ask them why. Why do they not want to go to a gym? And you know, why do they feel like it's something they want to continue to do? And within that why, that's where the insights live. And so as we come to the top of our time together, um, let, let's, let's have a, uh, some optimism. I like to sort of end on a very up note. This whole conversation has been pretty up, I have to say. Um, but tell us what you're hopeful for, what you're excited about for the company, the world, uh, any of the above. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly excited for the future of Suzy. We just recently passed 100 employees and we're growing rapidly. Um, we're well capitalized for the future. I think the company has performed incredibly well in a remote environment, which is not easy to do. Uh, you know, continuing to onboard new employees you've never met before. It- Expecting continued productivity when people are working out of their homes in the midst of all this uncertainty. I'm just really proud of the team and what we've been able to accomplish. And I do feel like the world and the industry is moving in our direction. I think consumer insights are more important than ever before because, again, the world is changing so fast. And um, you you really can never rest on your laurels or what you believe. Uh, the conventional wisdom is to be true. You constantly have to be asking and, and really assuming nothing. Uh, so that for that reason, I'm incredibly excited about the future. Susie, not to mention, I just think the enterprise software space is such an incredible place to be right now. I think, you know, the world is moving to the cloud and I think software is eating the world in so many different categories and market research is certainly one of them. Um, in terms of just macro, the macro landscape, you know, I think we have a tough couple months ahead of us with the election. Um, I think that it, it could get worse before it gets better, just in terms of the uncertainty, the unrest and what's going on. Uh, my hope is that 2021, we start to see, uh, you know, some, some daylight again in terms of just a more civilized society and people being a little bit more unified um, in terms of the world in general. And I hope that reflects on a more distributed realm of opportunity within the business world. I think one of the concerns I have right now is that, you know, there's a few select companies and part of it's because of software, right, that are aggregating on their wealth and it's creating just more wealth divide um, in this country. And I think it's incumbent on all of us to give people opportunities, create the diversified environment so we can kind of get back to the country that, you know, we once were in the country we want to leave to our kids. So that's kind of my overall no question. You know, spiel on the world in general. Well, the, the world is indeed changing very quickly. And there are a few people who have their fingers on that pulse quite as you do. Matt Britton, thank you so much, CEO of Suzy, for doing the safari. If you want to learn a little bit more about Traub, you can go to traub.io, where you'll learn a lot about everything that we do. If you're enjoying the safari, please do share it with your friends and colleagues within the industry. And please also don't forget to subscribe and like it. Until next time.